There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense, like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. What is going on, everybody? It is the end of the week, which means it is Friday. And of course, that means it's time for another edition of NFL Friday here on this August 27th. A lot to get into today. Zach Wilson continues to impress. Daniel Jones is nowhere to be seen, at least when it comes to uh, game action. And then some other major news regarding a couple of running backs around the league, a couple of hotly, tested, hotly contested QB competitions. So much to get into, so much to break down. And of course, here to do it with me is my main man, Andrew Galato. We're not talking Mets today, Andrew, but yeah, happy, yeah. happy to have you on today. Andrew. Thank God we're not talking. Thank God. I, I think uh, <laughs> I, I think if we did Met talk, the show would last five minutes. It would just be me screaming. And I, and I have to like, rage quit the computer but andrew how's yeah. it going my friend it's good to see you i'm doing good football what two weeks now until until week one it's it's definitely going to be a lot of fun and with these two teams it's definitely going to be interesting a lot to see for both sides uh you know you saw the preseason especially with zach wilson that's going to be the talk all season with jets fans i think and the jets as a whole because i mean if you get your quarterback as we see across the nfl you really can unlock a lot of potential and the Giants, this is kind of now the show me year for them. I mean, it really is, right? I mean, last year they, you know, go six and 10, but it felt like they were in it to the end because of the awful NFC East, but it definitely should be fun. Yeah. And I, I kind of want to get started, you know, right there with not so much the Giants, but the first thing you said, which is the Jets and that promising young quarterback play, specifically, obviously, Zach Wilson. And just as a Jeff fan myself, you know, everyone who knows me knows that I'm crazy about this team. If you heard me rant about the Mets, you heard me rant about the Jets. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm thrilled with the performance so far of Zach Wilson. And I, look, I know it's the preseason, uh, but for me as a Jet fan, it's very refreshing to see for a variety of reasons. There's a lot to break down. I mean, between the play itself, between some of the things that have been said from other people around the league, which, of course, you kind of kind of pump the brakes on a little bit. But of course, that's obviously something you want to hear as well. But let's just look at the stats. Right away. I mean, in that game against uh, Green Bay last week, nine of 11, 128 yards, two touchdowns, both to Tyler Croft, who who knows if he'll do anything during the regular <laughs> season, but it's nice to see some tight end production for the Jets there. You know, and not even just so much the stats, but just the eye test. I mean, he threw a nice tightrope to Corey Davis, a 30 yard gain on that first touchdown drive, kind of his first read wasn't open, and then he looked down the sideline. And you know, also for, to me, that showed some progress because, you know, the first game he seemed to be staring down receivers a bit. He played well the first game, don't get me wrong. But again, you're seeing that improvement. You're seeing that progress. You know, he, he I said it uh, during last week at NFL Friday. He looks comfortable and he continued to look comfortable uh, in the Green Bay game. Uh, it just your initial thoughts on his performance against Green Bay and how he's done so far in the preseason. Yeah, I completely agree with that point that he looks comfortable, which I, like, I think that in the beginning of camp, I remember there was that one practice where they said he threw like a ton of interceptions. And then going into that Giants game, I was actually at the game and I was like, this is not, I was like, oh boy, like what am I about to see here? And then he looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked like 
he was really, he knew the offense. He wasn't trying to do too much. He wasn't trying to fit it into like, you know, triple coverage, which I know like a lot of people are saying that, you know, he, he could have a little bit of that gunslinger type, you know, mentality, but I didn't really see a lot of those rookie mistakes in that first game. I know he wasn't amazing, but it was exceeded my expectations just because everyone was saying around the league in practice, like he wasn't looking so good, but then to me, he was like, he looked pretty good. Uh, definitely the best quarterback in that game. Now I know that Daniel Jones didn't play in it, but you know, he definitely looked like, you know, the best quarterback there. And then the second game was like, okay, now this was the next step. He throws the two touchdowns, as you said, and it looks like, you know, I said coming into that draft with, you know, him and Lawrence and everybody, I was like, he has the most potential now to unlock that potential. I think you need good coaching around him. I think we'll see with, with what LaFleur does and it's kind of just time will tell in that matter. But, you know, I think so far so good. And if you're a Jets fan, you're like, finally, maybe we got, you know, someone here. Yeah. I mean, another thing that really impressed me, not only the comfortability, just that quick release. I mean, there are things that Wilson does that you watch that don't show up on the statue. And, and the release is one of them. I mean, when, and also this is going to happen. It's already happened before. There's already going to be all those comparisons to Darnold. I think it's natural. Another guy who was a, a top, you know, qu- three quarterback pick over to the jets, you know, obviously you don't work over here for him, for Sam. So it's natural to compare Sam and Zach. And when you, when you think about Sam, you know, he kind of had a longer release. It, was, it wasn't really fast. He didn't throw a pretty ball. It was a little uglier. And now I got to He's zipping it out there. He's throwing it with power. He could throw it all over the field. I mean, look, you don't want to teach this, but he could throw off his back foot. He could throw across his body. They're dangerous throws, but he can make them. And and to see a guy who can have the quick release, make all the throws inside and outside the numbers, it's refreshing to see, especially compared to Darnold. And, you know, another thing to think about, and and I know I mentioned it before, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but as a Jet fan, obviously, I'm excited. I, I like what I'm seeing. It, it, it's refreshing. You know, it's great. But what gets me even more excited, and I have to tamper it, like I said, is to hear what other people around the league, people who know what they're talking about, are saying. First off, Aaron Rodgers. Of course, the Jets, you know, Aaron didn't play in that game, but they had that whole week of joint practices. Aaron Rodgers, of course, saw Zach Wilson a lot, and he, you know, he said he was really impressed with him. Uh, he said, you know, I really like his disposition, his mentality, he could throw the heck out of it, which, of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers, regardless of what you think of him as a person and his kind of mentality, he is – one of the greatest quarterbacks, at least, you know, uh, physically or yeah, you know, kind seen. of <laughs> that we've ever seen in our lifetime, just one of the most naturally gifted quarterbacks I've ever seen, maybe not most accomplished, but if anyone's going to praise you, he's definitely one of the guys you want to hear from. And then you got Tony Romo, who obviously a very solid quarterback for a number of years, even maybe even a better broadcaster in terms of predicting plays. Yeah. So, you know, I value Tony's, Tony's insight here. And he thinks, you know, he, he's comparing Zach Wilson to Dan Marino. Now that's a little crazy for me. I'm not going to go that far, but you know, to hear that Robert Sala, obviously, you know, the head coach has been very impressed as we've gotten over here. So look, it's not only about the numbers. It's not only about the eye test in these games, but it's also about hearing people who are trusted NFL experts giving their opinion, saying they're liking what they're seeing from Zach. Now it's only two preseason games. We haven't even gotten to the regular season yet. You know, he's only, he's only played against backup defenses so far. He has not played a starting defense. This will probably come, uh, you know, tonight against the Eagles. But that being said, I, you know, I I don't know how he's going to do, but I'm encouraged so far. And these words from other people are even more encouraging. Yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't played a regular season game yet, so I don't, you know, you don't want to put the you know, put the gas on too much on him. But I mean, especially with you know what the Jets are coming off of with Darnold, I, I think there's a difference. And you know, for someone that I, I just feel like Zach Wilson, you know, what I've seen from him before in BYU and what you see from now, like he definitely has the arm, and that's a huge part. I mean, look, good quarterbacks, you can be a great quarterback, you don't need the big arm, but it helps to have that big cannon. And, you know, you look at the other guys around the league that just if you can throw a ball 
you know, into certain places where other guys can't, it's going to give you the leg up and it's going to give you the leg up even when you're progressing on, you know, young in your career. And yes, he may make some mistakes that he's like, well, why, why are you throwing it there? Cause he's like, I got this big arm, but you know, you saw it with the guy like Josh Allen who came in, took him a few years, but then really found himself. I, I think having that big arm is going to be, I think, you know, a difference maker when looking at these last few Jets quarterbacks that I think they've tried to, you know, really, I mean, when you look at like the top five, like the Sanchez's, the Darnold's, they haven't had these like amazing arms, I think. And when you look at, it, I think Wilson kind of is that first guy. I mean, maybe was Geno Smith have a big arm, they say, coming out of college, <laughs> but he was a second round pick as it was. Yeah. So like, I, I think that when you look at, I know the Jets have not had success getting, you know, a quarterback and getting, you know, a good quarterback, but I feel like none of them had these huge arms. Wilson's really the first one. And it hasn't been even on two on display even early in preseason and people are still raving about him. And when you compare him to the other quarterbacks that, you know, other rookie quarterbacks, I think he's looked among the best, if not the best. So that's obviously great signs here in preseason. Yeah. I mean, well, first off in terms of the arm, I mean, we heard it coming into the draft comparisons yeah. to Rogers, to Mahomes that gets you excited. I mean, we haven't seen it as much, but he still made some nice pretty throws. I think having Elijah Moore, when he comes back that speed vertically down the field, even some, you know, some crossers across the middle of the field, I think that'll help Wilson have a guy who's open downfield, get some nicer throws in there, but over, like some nicer deep throws, I should say. Um, but you know, I think the arm talent, like you said, is definitely a huge plus. But then you mentioned it comparing it to the other rookie quarterbacks so far in the preseason. I mean, he's ranked right up the top. If he's not one, he's usually two right behind Mac Jones. And, you know, for me, look, as a Jet fan, all I heard all of last season was there's no way Trevor Lawrence can come to the Jets. The Jets will ruin him. He'll be garbage. Mm-hmm. He's going to flame out. And look, it's only preseason. We got it for every team, not even just the Jets. You got to kind of hold back what you're saying. But, you know, Lawrence has not looked that great in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's offensive the line Jags is don't look atrocious. Good. They have not looked that <laughs> I think that's the problem. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get more into that later when we kind of talk yeah, about yeah. QB comp- well, competitions. That was never a competition. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's to me, look, look, I'm just gonna throw out some stats right here. To me, this is it's a little bit of a last laugh as a Jet fan. Again, only two preseason games, doesn't but I can't help but enjoy this a little bit. So far, Zach Wilson in the preseason, 15 to 20, 191 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, a quarterback rating of 137. That's first among all quarterbacks in the preseason. Trevor Lawrence, 20 of 32, 184 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, to be fair, but only a quarterback rating of 78. Look, he's also getting smacked behind the line. The Jags overall look terrible. They lost Travis Etienne. We'll get we'll get to that more later in the show. Um, but as a Jet fan, it's a little refreshing. A, a little. I, I don't get a lot of victories as a Jet fan, so it's a little nice to see this tiny so far. Hey, my quarterback's a little bit better, but we'll have to wait to the regular season. But you know, aside from Wilson, who's obviously he's the main story with the Jets. He's going to be the main story all season long. I think another kind of I say the secondary storyline with the Jets right now is injuries. And, you know, we can honestly do the whole show about the Jets. We want to kind of keep it more limited. But in terms of the injuries right now with the Jets, the two big ones, Carl Lawson out for the year, ruptured Achilles. You know, I was on vacation. I'm sitting poolside. And all of a sudden I get this this alert that he's he's got his ruptured Achilles. I, I wanted to throw my phone into the pool. I, I was <laughs> enraged. So that's I felt terrible for Carl. Probably our, my favorite sign of the offseason was I think he's going to be one of the keys to this defense. Lose him for the year. And then also, to a lesser degree, you lose Jared Davis for at least – you know, the first six weeks of the season, uh, two months or so, they say should be back around the bye, which is week six, but he's going to be one of your starting linebackers. That's a big blow. So you lose two of your key pieces on defense. You know, Adam Schefter reported that, you know, maybe the Jets are going to make a trade now for another pass rusher. You know, we'll see what happens there, but you know, it's hard as a Jet fan. We're coming into the season. There's new energy with Salah, new energy with Zach Wilson, free agent signings, good draft picks. You're, you're feeling hyped. And then you get these two injuries, especially Lawson. And yeah. it's a little, it's a blow to the solar plexus. You, you get that little hit 
And, you know, it, it's hard not to feel a little upset or be like same old Jets all over again here. Your thoughts on either of these injuries or, you know, what you think the Jets can do from here? Yeah, the, the Lawson one's tough. I remember in the offseason when they got Lawson and they were between him and Trey Hendrickson, who, you know, used to be on the Saints. And I remember all, all, my, all, the, all my friends that were Jets fans were like, oh, what's the, you know, do you think Lawson or Hendrickson better? I was like, yeah, they're both pretty good, I'd say. And Lawson came in and, and he showed like he was going to be one of the leaders of the defense, it looked like. And I believe he had a sack in, in one of the preseason games, too. So that was like, oh, maybe he's going to really take that next step. He's a young player. looked like he would grow with his defense. And bam, he's out for the year. And then you lose a linebacker, which I know Jared Davis is not a star, but where the Jets are at this point, you know, they don't have a lot of depth. So losing a guy, you know, a starter is going to hurt. This defense, I think, could be in trouble when you just look at, you know, the names on it. When you, you obviously have Marcus May, you have, you know, Mosley from there it's like where are they going to go from here I I think it's going to be this defense I don't think it's going to be very good I think I I think the offense is going to be I think maybe better than maybe a little what people expected I think the defense will be probably worse than people expected and I think the injuries really hurt and I I think coming in for this Jets team they probably you know for this defense to play really well you probably need a lot of guys to be healthy and when you look at these two injuries probably one of your most key pieces and obviously Lawson with that um, you know, with, with the edge rush potential that he could bring, he would have would have been a game changer for them. Now, not having him, and you know, when you look at everyone else around him, you're like, where are you going to get this production from? But I mean, that's something I think that for the Jets, they're obviously still rebuilding. They're obviously still growing. I don't think anyone expects them to make the playoffs this year. So, like, I mean, it's not too too bad, but it definitely hurts. You know, when you're just looking at the prospects for this year. I mean, we're hearing, you know, all the Jets beat reporters were saying of all the guys at camp, the one that was really standing out was Carl Lawson. I mean, Mikai Becton, who by all accounts, aside from injuries, I think had an amazing rookie season, was showing that he could be the left tackle of the future for the Jets. Lawson was just taking him to school. Again, that's practice. I'm sure they're trying new things. They're getting It's a new offensive line chemistry. Obviously, Wilson's getting used to calling protections, all that stuff. I get it. But, you know, Lawson was looking amazing in practice. He obviously played that first preseason game, looked pretty good. So to lose him, it's just devastating, especially when you're hearing all this great stuff. And then, you know, in terms of looking for a replacement, Salah initially said they were going to go in-house. I know I mentioned the Schefter tweet. One name, and I'll just throw this out quickly. I don't know if you think it's a possibility or not. Um, you know, Dante Fowler with the with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, he's about to be a free agent uh, after this season. He had a very disappointing year last year. Um, and there was a lot of talk of maybe the Falcons moving on from him, especially with their type salary cap situation. Obviously, he's still with the team right now. I wouldn't to me. I look it's Atlanta's kind of confusing because they lost Julio Jones, but they brought in Kyle Pitts to help Matt Ryan. So they don't really have that quarter. It's uh, it, I don't really expect them to be a very good team this year. So my thought is personally, Dante Fowler has experience in the 4-3 system. He's played for the current Jets defensive coordinator, Jeff Ulbrich, in Atlanta last season. Salah actually coached him when he was the linebackers coach in Jacksonville. He's going to be a free agent after this year. He had down 2020. Maybe that makes it easier to get him. My question to you is, is that a guy that the Jets should maybe target, try to go after to replace Carl Lawson? Because, you know, Salah's defense is one that relies on the pass rush. Or is this this a team that you just hold pat, don't really give up anything, you have a lot of draft capital, and just say, hey, look, we're not going to to make the playoffs this year anyway. Let's just keep things how they are and see what happens. I mean, I think it depends what you can you can get for Fowler. I mean, like he did not have a good season. I mean, he played for the Falcons. I, you know, as a Saints fan, I saw him a few games, and just by following the Falcons, kind of you know saw that that was a big letdown for them. So again, I, I don't know where you know his value would be right now in terms of a trade. And then also, you know, we're kind of now in season, so he's gonna have to learn everything really quickly. I know 
when you're looking at edge rusher, you could bring him in on third downs just to start and kind of grow him from there. But it's not like this Jets team, I feel like it's not like they're going for the Super Bowl either. So I think it depends, obviously, on, you know, who you, you know, what you're going to give up. Is it going to be, you know, a third round pick? Is it going to be something less? Is it going to be, you know, maybe multiple low round picks? Like, I'm not 100% sure. But if I'm the Jets, I mean, yeah, at a certain point, you know, you may want to go out and get a guy. But I think right now, this team is not like, oh, we have to go out and rush to try to get, you know, a big player for this defense. Does Dante Fowler make this team, you know, win a win a Super Bowl, win a division? No. So, I mean, at, at that point, probably I'd stay away from it. But again, at any price, you know, you, you have to obviously look into it. Yeah. Uh, and one last thing I want to mention about the Jets before we kind of move on, because like I said off the top, we got a lot to get into today. With the Jared David injury, I know he isn't exactly a, uh, you know, he's not exactly an elite linebacker. That being said, now that he's injured, the Jets are going to be after, they have CJ Mosley, which is great. But then you're going to have to rely on two guys, Jamie and Sherwood and Hamza Nasruddin, two guys they drafted this year who are were college safeties are learning the linebacker position. Salah really likes them. But now you're asking him to play key positions on weak side, strong side linebacker. You know, is that really going to – I mean, I, that's a little – This defense is going to be rough, I think. It's, especially with the – and I mentioned this last week with Messina on NFL Friday. The Jets' corner situation is also very yeah. scary. <laughs> Aside from Bryce Hall, who, again, is a second-year corner out of Virginia, who played well last year, but he's your CB1. And then you got a bunch of rookies, a bunch of guys who aren't that great. So, look, the defense, your hope is that the offense, who they have some playmakers, they can perform, and the defense, maybe Salah can coach them up. I predicted seven wins last week. That was before the loss and injury. We recorded <laughs> the show before the injury and then aired after. Um, probably would tamper that now. It probably go down to, like, <laughs> four or five now because look I know it's only one injury but I'm getting a little more concerned especially the defense that play great against the Packers second team offense but I think that's enough Jets talk for today I could do a whole show about the Jets but we got it we got to be fair to our our Giants fans also in town here in New York a lot going on with them as well um, you know let's before we get to Daniel Jones which I think is a very interesting situation uh, I personally don't really agree with the strategy they're taking there in terms of preseason play but the first thing I want to mention injuries and Adore Jackson they're they're one of the top free agent signings from the Titans you know, he's expected to be their cornerback too, outside opposite of James Bradbury. Uh, has a minor ankle sprain, got it in practice. Now, Judge says they dodged a major bullet. Uh, you know, hope he's aiming for week one. Ankles are a little tricky, especially the guys playing corner, a lot of cutting. You know, is that really something that's going to work? You know, hopefully I'm back by week one, but are you concerned by this injury? Are you concerned by any injuries in Giants camp right now, especially also several injuries at the wide receiver position? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this deep, especially the secondary, I think they'll be just fine. I mean, last year they did great. And everyone's returning. And then you're adding a Dory Jackson, who's definitely a playmaker. And like, I, I think this Giants secondary, this Giants defense, I think they're in good hands. They had a great year last year. I don't see why they can't build on that. And, you know, it's kind of when you look at this team, I think the questions will go to the offensive side. And you talk about the wide receivers. Galladay on a new team, not a lot of chemistry with Daniel Jones in training camp. He just hasn't been on the field that much. Kadarius Tony, same thing. Saquon just coming back from the injury, but they're kind of, you know, it's very, very slow with him as they try to ease him back. And, you know, you look at a guy like Kyle Rudolph, another guy that they got has been a little hurt going in, just, I think, returned to practice over the last few days. So this Giants offense, I mean, Daniel Jones is coming in. I, I think when you talk to a lot of Giants fans, it's kind of like, okay, this is his year or, you know, we're going to have to move on from him and not playing a lot with his weapons, I think, or his new weapons, at least. I think that may hurt. I think this team is going to need Saquon. I, th I think we could all agree that, you know, if Saquon is hurt, banged up, this team is not, this offense especially, is not going to, you know, hold up, you know, for a very long time. 
And then when you look at the, the offensive line, they're kind of the only group that stayed healthy, which is probably good because they're coming in a young group. I think they have a lot to prove as well. So it, it's just this offense, I think they're going to go in as a question and it has all the potential in the world. When you look at Saquon, who I think we all know his, his potential, if he's healthy and running well, Galladay, who to me is a really underrated receiver, got hurt last year, but looked great in 2019. Kadarius Tony, who just gets open, which I really like um, coming out of Florida. I mean, like this offense, it could either be like really, really good with all these weapons, or it could be like, just not working out. Everyone's getting hurt. Jones doesn't look too good. And like, th- th- that's the thing, which I think could be concerning, but again, all the pieces are there. You just got to put them all together, but that takes time. And especially with a young QB, uh, it's something that, you know, it is a little concerning heading into the regular season. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I, I, for the giants, I'm not really as concerned with their injuries. I mean, they don't have a Carl Lawson situation where you have yeah. a guy who's going to no be out for, for the year. Week. They don't have a guy who's and even like a Jared Davis, at least from, from my not memory right now, that is going to be out for like six weeks. So look, these hamstring injuries, obviously with the receiver, you don't want to hear a hamstring injury. You know, that's, that's a little concerning those linger. Um, you know, that being said, I would like to focus more on another thing that you said, which is Daniel Jones. This is the year for him. He had a pretty solid rookie year. Obviously, fumbles were a big issue his rookie year. But by all accounts, I mean, he was in the offensive rookie of the year conversation. I think most Giant fans are very impressed, very happy with him. That's great. Last year, very down year. We could attribute that maybe to, you know, COVID. There wasn't a real offseason program, you know, second year. Obviously, sometimes sophomore slumps, they happen. I get that. But look, this year for Jones, there's really no excuse. Dave Gettleman, who I'm not the biggest fan of, let's be honest, he has put together some weapons for Daniel Jones. You know, Kenny Galladay was one of the top, if not the top wide receiver on the market. You brought him in. Uh, Kadarius Tony, even though personally as a Jet fan, I think I'm thrilled that Elijah Moore fell to us. I think Elijah Moore is honestly maybe the better receiver than Tony. But look, you got Kadarius Tony who has like a Tyreek Hill comp, which I think is highly unlikely. But that being said, that's the kind of guy you're looking at here. And then, you know, even a guy like John Ross, I mean, who knows, maybe in a new system. He and can they still have Sterling Shepard. Still have Sterling Shepard. You know, and Evan Ingram. Darius Slayton, yeah. Evan Ingram. They got a lot of weapons. They have a lot of receiving <laughs> weapons is, is the, the short answer. And, you know, at running back with Saquon, if he's healthy, like you said, we know what he can do. So assuming everyone's healthy, everyone's a go, I'm, I think maybe Saquon in the beginning will be on a, like a pitch count, if you will, maybe limited in his carries and game action. But that being said, let's say all those guys are healthy. If this team is not winning and the offense isn't performing, it falls on Daniel Jones. And there's no other way around it. Now, I, I, I understand where the Giant fan may be coming from. To me, Daniel Jones in a similar spot that Sam Darnold was last year. You know, uh, third – well, not last year wasn't Darnold's third year. But, you know, the third-year situation, you know, you, you don't really know what you're getting out of him, all that kind of stuff. Oh, last year was Darnold's third year. What am I talking about? The point <laughs> is, um, you know, I, I, I get it. And there's, You think you have your guy. He's showing you glimpses. And then – boom, you're not really sure anymore. And now you're kind of up in the, you're in this weird spot. You just drafted a guy. Do you really want to draft another guy? I don't think this year's quarterback class is all that special. If the year was to get a quarterback was this year. So, you know, the Giants got a little unlucky in that regard. So look, you're hoping that Daniel Jones could be the guy that he was in uh, 20, 2019, not the guy that he was in 2020. Um, would I be concerned about him going into the year? Frankly, I would just because last year was so putrid. He fell off the sh- He fell down a few rungs. Not only were fumbles still an issue, but interceptions became an issue. So I'm concerned. But that being said, maybe with these new targets, who knows? But another thing that's also bothering me is the fact that he hasn't played in a single preseason game yet. And look, I understand the preseason's overrated. You want to keep your guys healthy. That's the biggest thing. I mean, we talk about the Jets. They're losing guys left to right, given some of that was in a joint practice. But they're, they're feeling the effects of losing guys too early. 
now with the Giants, you don't want that happen, especially with the quarterback situation. You don't want Mike Lennon being your quarterback for an entire season. Um, so I get where Judge is coming from from that standpoint. That being said, you know, Tom Brady has gone out there in the preseason. Patrick Mahomes has played a few series in the preseason. These are some of the best quarterbacks uh, that are playing right now. Brady, one of the best that has ever played the game. There's no way that guy ever needs to play a preseason game. If they're playing, there is no reason why Daniel Jones can't get out there for a series or two, especially I know they're hurt, but to build chemistry with some new guys, new receivers. And also he had a down year last year. Show us that you can come back, that you've rebounded, that you know the mistakes that you're showing improvement. And I know he's going to play this week. He's going to play in the third preseason game, the final preseason game. Now, now it's only three instead of four. He's going to play against the Patriots. He's going to play an entire half according to judge, but Frankly, the Giants have gotten off the slow starts in the regular season. And my concern is that with this shortened preseason uh, kind of appearances, is that going to hurt them going into this re- regular season? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, we'll see, I think, if he plays, you know, how good he plays in this this third preseason game. I think the Giants are, I mean, some teams, they treated their dress rehearsal, which was like in before when there was four preseason games, that was their third game for everybody. I think now some teams do it, you know, the second week now, or the third week. So I think it's kind of jumbled. I think for the Giants, obviously, now with Jones pl- playing, being that third, that third game and, Again, I think for him, maybe a reason they kept him out is because Saquon wasn't playing, Galde wasn't playing, Tony wasn't playing. I mean, you know, when you look at really, you know, the rest of the Giants' weapons, I mean, I don't. I think Sterling Shepard may have been one of the only ones to play. So you're like, you know, he obviously he's been with Sterling since the beginning of his his Giants' career. So it's like, do we really need to get him in with an offensive line that's still learning everything, or do we want to risk injury? So I get where Joe Judge is coming from. He knows his players the best. So I, you know, I'm not going to go here questioning him. But, I mean, look, it's not like Daniel Jones is like Tom Brady where, you know, he's got coming off a Super Bowl year, throwing 40 touchdowns. Like, it's just not obviously not the same thing. But, again, it's one of those things where they should know their players the best. And I'm not going to question Joe Judge. I think he's actually a really good head coach. And I think a lot of good head coaches, sometimes they make moves where you're like, oh, I don't really know. But they're in the building every day. They know, you know, they've been talking with Daniel Jones every day. So, like, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be concerned. But to me, I think it's going to show a lot to see how he plays, you know, against the Patriots. And if he goes out and he looks good, I think everyone's going to be like, okay, all good. But if it doesn't work out and he struggles, then they're maybe like, oh, I wish maybe we saw a little bit more of him. Confidence-wise, I think that's really important. Maybe even in the locker room as well, you know, they probably need confidence. Because I really think this is an all-in-year all for Daniel Jones for the Giants. I mean, say what you want about Dave Gettleman, but – I mean, the cast of weapons around him is one of the best in football. I mean, I, I really do believe that when you have Saquon, a rookie of the year, you have Galladay, who, you know, really, I think he was the premier free agent wide receiver target. Tony, you could say whatever, you know, you're talking about Elijah Moore, but they still spent the first first round pick on a receiver. And they said they were looking at receivers basically the entire way. And that's why they traded back because, you know, that kind of first tier of receivers really wasn't there. So then they traded back. They didn't want the quarterback. They didn't want Fields. They didn't want Jones, uh, Mac Jones being. Uh, so, again, I feel like this this offense, this this team, they bet on Daniel Jones. And I think it really is a playoff or bust now or never season for them. And it kind of should be. They did take that kind of next step in a rebuild last year, six wins. Now you got to make another step. They added the defense should be really, really good. So their offense probably doesn't have to be, you know, a top 10 offense, but it just can't be 31st. I think what they were last year. So I think that's kind of where the giants are and not playing Jones. It's a little questionable, but I think Joe judge knows his players and I'm not going to question it unless something goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, all valid points. I think judge so far is proven to be a pretty good head coach. So I guess we got to put our faith in him. The last thing I'll say about the giants before we kind of go league wide here and look at some other topics is look, 
not only is this a, a hot seat year, quote unquote, for Daniel Jones, I think it's a hot seat year for Dave Gettleman. Yeah, and yeah. frankly, even though I don't think it's deserving because Gettleman and Judge are tied together, by that notion, it's a hot seat year for, for Joe Judge, too. I think it's a, it's a big year for all three of them. And I mentioned this last week at NFL Friday. My concern is this. I think this is why Dave Gettleman should have been gone last year. You're bringing in the guy in Joe Judge. Last year was his first year. He seems like he's the guy. You know, to me, Dave Gettleman has kind of run out his rope here. If the Giants don't make the playoffs, he has to go. But here's the problem. You fire GM. You have a young head coach here who you brought in, who you think's the guy. The issue is now you're forcing your new GM, if you bring one in, to stick with that head coach. That might limit your ability to find a candidate. Most GMs are going to bring in their own guy. I talk about it all the time as a Jeff fan that John it's a situation from years ago, forcing a GM to keep Rex that made them lose any qualified candidate. Look, Joe judge is not Rex. That being said, Rex did go to two AFC championships. So he was more accomplished than Joe judge would be unless Joe judge does something this year, obviously. But that being said, I think it's a big year for all three of them. And if they make the playoffs, I think all three of them are going to say if they don't, it's I a big year for Saquon too. I will Saquon say. too. Now, that's he was a top two pick. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we can honestly, pick the quarterback. I, I could do a whole show, honestly, whether or not Saquon was the right pick. If we're talking to my, I've always stood by the opinion that look, Saquon's a good player, but the simple fact is for the Giants team, where they were at that period of time, he was the wrong pick. It should have been a quarterback, you know, but maybe Darnold would have worked out with the Giants versus the Jets, a more stable organization. Look, a big year for Saquon. That's a great point, Andrew. Big year for a lot of people in this organization to make the playoffs. They're all staying. If this team does not make the playoffs, a lot, I think there's going to be some big changes because I don't think John Mara is the type of guy that lets mediocrity hang around. He has, I guess, technically, but to me, he seems like an owner who doesn't really tolerate that kind of stuff. But let's move on now. There's a lot to get to. And you mentioned Saquon. And I think, you know, when we're talking Saquon, we got to mention the other running backs around the league, some of the other big names. And of course, this past week, there's been a lot of, you know, news, quote unquote, regarding running backs. I think the, obviously the biggest one was earlier this week, Sony Michelle traded to the Rams, you know, the Rams get uh, him from the Patriots in return for a six round pick in 2022, a fourth round pick in 2023. Obviously this trade was big for the Rams. They had to fill that hole left by Cam Akers, who obviously got injured earlier this year. Torn Achilles is going to be out for the season. Daryl Henderson has been filling in, but he's really more of a, a receiving back. I mean, he can run the ball. Don't get me wrong, but he's a guy who's a little more versatile, not a true RB one in my, my opinion. So you got that situation over there in LA with a new running back. How's that going to work over there with the carries? And then in Jacksonville, you know, I mentioned they don't look good. A position that hasn't looked great for them or a player that hasn't looked great was NTN. He, he did not look that hot in the preseason. He didn't play a lot in fairness, um, but he didn't look that impressive. You know, I think there's been a lot of, you know, a question of should he play receiver in the NFL? Should he still be a running back? You know, when they drafted him, they said he was going to be the third down back, which is a little strange, but he's now out season ending IR midfoot sprain. Uh, James Robinson, who a lot of fantasy owners were concerned about with the, the drafting of NTN, now is going to probably get the majority of the carries again. He had a great year last year. So, you know, looking at these two kind of running back situations, the Rams, Jacksonville, two of the bigger stories this week, Andrew, you know, your thoughts on the, the moves and maybe even some fantasy implications for our fantasy fans out there, what you kind of think is going on here. Yeah, last year for fa- talking about fantasy, I actually had Akers and Henderson when they were, you know, they were platooning there. Uh, in LA and look basically whoever they put in that system they can run the ball just because the holes are really big and I think that's something that you know when looking at the Rams I think that's where Sony Michelle is going to come in and do a really really good job because I think he's actually a really good runner I don't think he really got a shot in New England New England they're just a carousel of running backs basically they just play the hot hand every single week and that's what Bill Belichick has done really you know, for, for a really long time since I can remember. And when you look at when they won uh, the Super Bowl, they had guys like LeGarrette Blunt coming in and playing. So like, I mean, just like they really play the hot hands. 
I think Michelle going to the Rams, I think, look, the offensive line, I think is going to be really good out there. The way they run those zone runs, I mean, it's one of the best in the league. They do that, and you add Matt Stafford to that. I, I think Michelle is going to do a really nice job with Akers. And, you know, when Akers hit his stride last year in the playoffs, he had a good playoffs as well. He was really, you know, their guy. So, I mean, we'll see if Michelle kind of, you know, fills his place. I, I, I think, though, at least for, for fantasy, he'll be, you know, a good, uh, you know, a good player. And then when you look at the look at the Jags, I mean, this team is just, I mean, a lot of questionable picks. I think ETM was one of them. They had James Robinson, and he was like the only good player on this offense. And then you added a running back to it. ETN, to me, is a great player. But when you look at that offensive line, and they brought back every single starter, and they didn't draft one, that's something where, like, when you have Trevor Lawrence, and, you know, I watched the preseason game against the Saints on Monday night, and, like, he was running for his life. And it's hard to learn the NFL and then just have to run run for your life to get first downs because – you know, your, your offensive line is, is, is just not good. And that's what it is. And ETN, I mean, even if he was in there, I don't know how much running room, if receiving room, how much time he'd have to catch the ball and go, like, it's a, it's a tough position there. I mean, I would have personally picked an offensive lineman to try to, you know, build around Lawrence, but you know, it's really yet to be seen. I, I think their running back room will be fine because they have a pro bowl running back there. It was just, it's so odd to, to pick, you know, a guy like ETN in the first rounds would be your third down back. I don't know. I, it, it was questionable on draft night and it still is. Yeah. I mean, uh, first off, to touch on the Rams real quick. I mean, if we remember uh, during that Super Bowl, you know, with the Patriots, they had CJ Anderson taking the bulk of the yeah. carries back then because yeah. Todd Gurley's knees were shot. You know, the fact that they could turn CJ Anderson into a top, I mean, obviously he's not, but they, he played like one with that Rams team. Now, given that was a more talented Rams team, that blocking but the, the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I think, look, I got to, I got to admit, I picked up, uh, Sony Michelle off the yeah. fantasy wire. My running back depth is a little questionable because I have Nick Chubb and David Montgomery as my RB one and two. So I was like, let me, I put it, I was like, he has a big upside. Let me release one of my lower guys. I got rid of Henry Ruggs. I was like, I got, I got decent receivers. I'll be okay without him. So I, I personally, selfishly, I hope Sony Michelle <laughs> can become a top running back. I don't think he's going to get a lot of receiving touches, but, you know, a touch out of the backfield, rushes up the middle to the side, whatever you want to say. Behind that O-line, I think he'll get some touches there. So I think that's interesting to watch. Hopefully it works out well for the Rams. In terms of the Jags, to me, and this isn't really about the injury. This is more about the Etienne pick and then kind of just the team itself. I, I think this is a joke. I think the Jaguars are going to be the dumpster fire of the league, as they've been for a long time. Aside from that short period with Blake Bortles and Doug Marone One where they year. made it to the AFC <laughs> Championship, you know, the, this team has always been perpetually, you know, horrible. I think a lot of that goes to the ownership situation. You know, Sadid Khan or, you know, whatever. He's not exactly the, the best owner in the NFL. Uh, I think he does a better job owning AEW and all the wrestling promotions that he does in the Jaguars. That being said, you know, so that's – I think that when you have ownership function, as a, as a Met fan and a Jet fan, I know this. It, it seeps down to the organization. So the, I don't think the owner's great. And I think the Urban Meyer hire was – it was questionable at best. I get the guy super accomplished in the in, in college football, but we can go down the list. Aside from a guy in Jimmy Johnson, I mean, whether you want to talk about Nick Saban, whether you want to talk about like Lou Holtz going all the way back to the 70s, I mean, college coaches do not usually translate to the NFL, at least not right away. I mean, if you're a guy that's had college experience, you work at the ladder, that works. But the straight from college to NFL situation has not always been the best. And I think we're, we're running into another situation here with Urban Meyer. He just appears to be in over his head. He, he it's To coach NFL guys is very different than to coach college guys. So 
you know, to me, there's already been, you mentioned it, questionable decisions in terms of drafting. The, 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 the team itself looks very shaky. I get they were a one-win team, but, you know, they, they, they it, there's, I don't see any improvement really this year. I, I know you can't expect a lot, but my concern is, and look, I don't really care because I'm not a Jaguars fan, but the, the, the Jaguars, they got this guy, Trevor Lawrence, who maybe if he, maybe he would have been a bust anywhere he went. But this situation down there is so messy that, frankly, I think Trevor Lawrence might get caught in the crossfire. And we might have a, I don't know if you want to call it a Sam Donald situation. I don't know if that's the best comparison. Maybe a little more like a Derek Carr situation where you have a guy super talented and just because he's in the wrong situation with no weapons, no support, no good coach, just flames out. And I think that's bad for the league because I think Lawrence, if he had the support, could be it, can, it could be and probably can be. Maybe he still will be in Jacksonville, one of the top quarterbacks. So, you know, it's, it's a little messy and it's a little disconcerting. I don't know if you think – like if you had to put a prediction right now, do you think this is going to work? I mean, for me personally, I think Urban Meyer is going to be gone in two years. I, I don't know what you think, but I don't, think, I don't see this lasting long. I think that, first of all, it's, it's going to be really tough to evaluate Lawrence. And, and you can't. I mean, like, the guy is running for his life. And, like, I saw him against the Saints, and I think the Saints defense is solid. But, I mean, I, again, I, I think this – it was it was bad for, like – I was like, what – like, Trevor Lawrence looked like a completely different player when he was playing at Clemson. They were raving about him just because he didn't have any time to throw the ball. And, and that's just tough to evaluate a QB. So, I, I agree. He can get caught in the, the crossfire pretty quickly. And – I mean, you know, you never know what happens. I think to me, I, I thought he's going to be like Matt Stafford in, with the Lions. Like that team was just, you know, they had a few good, pretty good years, but overall just really didn't work out. Obviously, you now that Stafford's in with the Rams. But again, I, I feel like that maybe even the best case scenario right now for the Jets because it's really not looking good. I mean, Meyer, he's a guy, I think you got to give him more than a year, two years. I, I, I think that maybe the ETM pick didn't work out. Maybe next year they go out and they learn from their mistakes and maybe it's good. But that pick and just, you know, when you, when you obviously they weren't going to be a great team this year when you go from one and 15, but to not really get that much better at all, probably besides the, you know, the quarterback, maybe the receivers, but I mean, this team is just like, you know, not, it's not looking too pretty. And then also that defense in 2017, like you were talking about with Bortles, they were really, really good. And now they have one starter left from it in like four years to get rid of all of their players. And now the defense is not very good. It's like, it's like, what, you know, what are you doing? And now Meyer, I mean, you got to give him more than a year, two years. It's like, a, I mean, we'll, you know, if they go back to back one and 15, you're obviously out, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he starts to make progress. I mean, I think that with Lawrence, I mean, it's just a shame if, if they're really this bad throughout the season, I, I think they will get better as the season goes on just because, you know, it, they may, it may look really bad game one, but I think by, you know, week 10, week 11, just by Meyer learning, the NFL and Lawrence learning NFL, I think it may get better, but overall, I don't see this team being good this year and could be for a long time. Yeah. Um, look, I, I said, I'll be very interested to see. I mean, look, as a one thing that really annoyed me was when people were like, Oh, Trevor can't go to the jets because they're going to ruin him. <laughs> and now it's happening with the Jags. Meanwhile, Zach Wilson is lighting it up. So, you know, that's, that, that's one thing I'll be very interested to see if, if like you said, if, let's see if there's progress throughout the season, Jets Jags play. I think it's either week 17 or obviously, you know, there's 18 weeks now because of the 17 game schedule. One of those last two weeks of the season, last three weeks, I can't remember off the top of my head. Be very interested to see what happens there. But for me personally, whether it's he just gets straight up fired or he does a classic resigning like Urban Meyer does. I mean, look, I know he has health (laughs) issues. I'm not going to knock him for that, obviously. But, um, you know, I just don't see this lasting long, two, three years. That's what my opinion. But, you know, we're talking Jacksonville. We're talking Trevor Lawrence. And obviously, like Urban Meyer said, there was a quarterback competition. Now, (laughs) there was no way 
that Trevor Lawrence was not going to start. I mean, I get like the old school of Gardner, like, you know, you want him to sit. That, that was just never happening here. The reason why Urban Meyer even came here was because he knew he could, could, could coach Trevor Lawrence. So that was one of our quarterback competitions throughout the league, this this preseason, this offseason, whatever you want to say. That being said, I do think there were some other quarterback competitions, especially with your New Orleans Saints. I'm sure we have a lot to say about that. Um, but to me, the big three kind of competitions, and one of them was just decided the other day, but you know, I still want to kind of hear your opinion on that as well. I think that the, the, the ones that pay the most attention to were Denver, New England, and obviously New Orleans. And, you know, with Denver, obviously the other day they announced that, you know, Vic Fangio announced that Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter this year. Drew Locke lost the competition. Uh, you know, Fangio said it's a really, really close competition. It was a tough decision. At the end of the day, you know, Bridgewater is the guy. They both kind of up and down uh, preseasons. They look good at times, look bad at times. Look, I, the Broncos team is a very weird team in that, you know, you have a guy in John Elway, who's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time running the organization, yet they can't seem to find a quarterback. He can't draft a quarterback. Obviously, he had Peyton Manning there for a bit, but Elway hasn't exactly been this, you know, this great G, like, you know, president, whatever, at finding the quarterback. And, you know, Bridgewater and Locke aren't exactly exciting options. Um, <laughs> look, I'm not going to get too worked up over, oh, my God, they didn't pick Drew Locke. I, I think Teddy's fine. He's a solid quarterback. I think he had a down year last year in Carolina. You know, that might have something to do with Christian McCaffrey being out all that time, new head coach. Uh, new coaching situation over there. I don't know. Um, but look, at the end of the day, Teddy's an efficient guy. You know, last year with Carolina, 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I mean, that's not sexy, but, you know, that's a more touchdowns than interceptions. That's all you can really ask, I guess. You know, over th- over 3,700 yards passing, completion percentage of almost 70%, which is the big difference between Teddy and and Drew Locke. Drew Locke, even though he's a he can have some good games. I mean, he had a four-touchdown game last season uh, against, actually, Teddy's Panthers. The thing is, though, he was last in the league in completion percentage. You know, he led the league in interceptions. I get he's a young guy. He was a second-round pick. You were hoping that maybe he could go away with the competition. So, look, I don't, I'm not saying I'm surprised. I do think, though, at some point that Drew Locke will inevitably, inevitably be the starter again, whether that's through injury or just, you know, mediocre play. I, I don't foresee a situation where Teddy just plays this whole year. I mean, first of all, I mean, I, I think this is going into they're going to draft someone in a few years. But I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Teddy Bridgewater fan, won four games for the Saints in 2019. And yeah, he's not going to do anything special for you, but he's not going to lose games for you. And he's not going to probably win them either. But, you know, he could be a guy that at least can keep you afloat. And I, I think when you look at this defense, they have a good defense. They got good weapons. I think, I think it's going to be better than what it was in Carolina for him. And I, I'm really rooting for him because, you know, I'm a Teddy guy, you know, definitely with the Saints. I, he probably maybe saw his best games with the Saints probably because of Sean Payton and that offense and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. But I, I, I am rooting for him. I, I do think he can, you know, bring this Broncos team to be pretty good. I mean, maybe on, you know, kind of the, I guess it would be eight and nine now, nine and eight. I, I think they could be right around there. I do think that though, they're probably not going to be, you know, this great, you know, world beater team. Like, as you said, they were with like Peyton Manning and John Elway. I mean, he was lucky he got Peyton Manning to come to Denver because look at the other quarterbacks he's brought in. I remember Paxton Lynch. I remember yeah. that was a very, very questionable Tre- one. Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Yeah. You can go on, on and on. So again, I, <laughs> I feel like right now, maybe he's trying to get another veteran in there with the veteran magic with Teddy Bridgewater, but. I don't really know what he's going to bring, you know, long-term. I, I think they're destined to pick a QB eventually. And, you know, I think for Elway, it's going to be eventually he's going to have to get right with one of those, or he's going to have to find another uh, Peyton Manning. Maybe it'll be Aaron Rodgers next year. I was going to say, uh, there's a lot but, of talk of that in the offseason. 
has to be either one because again, I I think Teddy's more of a placeholder. I think if Drew Locke starts, he's more of a placeholder. I think he showed he's not, you know, going to be a future guy. So again, I feel like for, for the Broncos, they're kind of using this as a placeholder here to kind of maybe evaluate. And then next year, maybe they're waiting for Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I I think we can both agree that whoever is going to start from this year, it will be better than that practice squad receiver they had at use to start a game last yeah. year because of the coach situation. Yeah, so played, played, played the Saints. Hey, he went he went to Wake Forest. I knew that he played quarterback at Wake Forest. Um, that being said, look, I I actually I think the Aaron Rodgers thing. Look, I don't know as Aaron. Look, this is my thing with Aaron Rodgers. I get that he's unhappy with some of the moves the Packers have made. He wants more help. I get that. You're on a team that's one of the most talented in the NFC. You have one of the mm-hmm. top receivers, top running backs, great O line a very solid coach. You've been to the NFC championship game two years in a row. You know, I get that he's very fed up, but where are you going? That's a better situation. And there was talk of, Oh, he'll go to Denver. And what is so great. That's yeah. in Denver. That's better in green Bay. Like their coaches on the older side, it was a surprise hire when he was hired. What was it last year or two years ago? Yeah, it was last year. Um, you know, that was interesting move. I mean, they have Jerry Judy. They just drafted that running back out of UNC, but like, what there is so enticing for I I don't I I get he just wants out period but then what are the where is he going to go Denver I mean is he going to go to Carolina if Darnold doesn't work out down there like none of these options are better than Green Bay but that's that's a story for another day and maybe it is Denver but this year it's going to be Teddy or Drew and right now it's going to be Teddy and then another quarterback competition uh, to pay attention to one that I'm keeping a close eye on because it'll be Jets Patriots week two at MetLife. And that is Cam Newton versus Mac Jones. Um, both guys apparently have looked great. I find it hard to believe that Cam Newton has looked great, especially after what happened last year. Um, but apparently his, his passes have some zip on them. Obviously he's out right now due to COVID protocols, but Mac Jones has also apparently looked great. Uh, you know, the other, he, they're doing joint practice right now with the giants. He completed like 14 passes in a row and during a team period, I get, you know, it's practice. So what are you really going to say? And also it's the giants. So, you know, what are you going to say? But um, they do have a good defense. I'll give them that. But the, the point is um, both have looked good. So I think you can go either way. You know, my opinion is I think it'll be Cam Newton just because he's the veteran. I think that Bill brought in a lot of these pieces because maybe part of him wants to see how Cam can do with better guys around him. That being said, Cam is not the long-term guy. He also looked really bad last year. Maybe that was because he did have COVID. Maybe he just hadn't really fully recovered. Maybe he just wasn't, you know, that that could have happened. That could have been a possibility. So I think it'll be Cam, at least initially. That being said, I find it hard to believe Mac Jones won't play at some point this year. I think also Bill's kind of an old-school guy. I think he probably wants Mac to sit a little bit. I mean, they're having the quarterbacks wear 50 in practice, the rookies, I mean. So, you know, it doesn't seem like a guy you want to start right away. But I do think, honestly, if I was the coach, which obviously I'm not, <laughs> Bill Belichick could I, – I could, I mean, just – what the point is, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. So I trust his opinion. But Mac Jones, look, in today's NFL, because of the salary cap, because you're playing players so much, the key is to get your rookie quarterbacks in right away, get them in quick, get them that experience so you can build a team around them when their cost is low until you got to give them that second big contract. And right now, Mac Jones' cost is low, and they brought in these other guys. Now's the time to use him, in my opinion. So while I would start Mac, especially given the fact that he's played well in practice and in the preseason, uh, I think it's going to be Cam. It's like all these a lot of these competitions, it's like a veteran and then a rookie. You've kind of seen it all around. You saw it last year with the Dolphins, with Fitzpatrick and Tua. And I think the inevitable thing is, is that the young guy is always going to play eventually down the road. And even when you look at Fitzpatrick, who played so well for the Dolphins, they still yanked him. And again, I think this may be with the Patriots. I think Cam may play well. I think they're actually a good team. 
Belichick is like he's such a good coach. They'll probably be in it. I mean, I, this team is better than where they were last year. And I pretty well, they got seven and nine last year. So they were still yeah. like in it. So I think this team will be at least serviceable, maybe around 500 with Cam. And then they're going to be like, okay, let's try to, you know, put Mac Jones in and see what he can do. And you know, it's kind of that Miami situation if their defense can hold them up enough. And it's like, you see it all around. I feel like Dalton, maybe the same thing. I mean, I don't know if Dalton's better than Fields. I think Fields is better, but. I, I could see this dynamic where you have the vet who may start a few weeks. And usually I feel like in the past, it's been like, oh, the vet hasn't been good. And then the rookie comes in, but then you have the Fitzpatrick. Oh, if he's playing well, they still take him out. So it's like, it's such like an, it's like, why are you even playing the veteran in the beginning when you're eventually inevitably going to play the, the rookie down the line? I think it's going to be the same with the Patriots, Bears, 49ers. It's like, it's one of the weirdest things I think we've seen over the last few years, but I mean, maybe it's to just let him say a few games from the bench and put him in, but. I don't know. I, I feel like Jones, I agree. Jones will eventually start uh, for the Patriots some point this year. Yeah. I mean, I do think there is a, a benefit sometimes to looking letting the rookie kind of sit right away and then seeing what happens. I mean, you know, I know it was a little different. I mean, Mahomes sat the entire season and then yeah. obviously came out in that last game and lit it up. So I do think sometimes quarterbacks do benefit from taking a break, taking a step back, seeing what's going on and like kind of realizing without any consequences, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do, whatever, you know, maybe that'll help Mac Jones to sit a little bit, you know, but like you said, and like I said, I do think Mac will start at some point. And then, of course, uh, we got to move on to as we're kind of winding down our show here. But I want to make sure you have as much time. You let me rant about the Jets for a long time. So I got to let you talk about your Saints. Right now, Saints, quarterback competition, James Winston, Taysom Hill. Uh, look, if I was the if I was a, 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 a chooser of quarterbacks, if you will, for the Saints, I would pick James right now. I mean, he lit it up in that preseason game. There's two bombs to Marquez Callaway who I took a flyer on in my fantasy league. I dropped some logo on my bench. I hope it works out. I, I want Jameis to be the starter just so Marcus Callaway can get me some points, even though he's probably never going to play for me, but who knows? I, maybe he'll be a, a, a Hey, he's going to be sneaky. I'm going to tell you, first of all, there's no Michael Thomas. So someone's going to go to somebody. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That that was another part of my thought process. So after that preseason game, because I had a very early fantasy draft before my friends went back to college, um, I picked him up on a waiver wire. Hopefully he does something. But the point is, Winston impressed Hill, even though the numbers aren't awful. I mean, it's a slightly over 50% completion percentage and he had a touchdown. I mean, that the 50% is not good, but the touchdown is fine. Uh, but didn't look great. You know, intentional grounding penalty. You know, I, I like Taysom Hill. My feeling is this, and I'm not a Saints fan and I'm sure you can, you know, enlighten me. You, you know, the Saints way better than probably anyone at the station. Uh, that being said, you know, my opinion is this. to me, Sean Payton is kind of, and I think Sean Payton's a great coach. That being said, I think he's arrogant. I think he's a little full of himself. He drinks a little bit of his own Kool-Aid. So I think he probably like, I think the rational part of him is probably like, I should start James Winston because he's the better quarterback. That being said, I'm sure he's dying to start Taysom Hill because he's like, I could show it to the world how I can develop a quarterback. I can use anyone. I can build them up. I can make this next great gadget QB does all these things. Like, the the egotistical maniac in him wants to start Taysom Hill to prove to the world what a great quarterback coach he is and how he can build anyone up, whatever, blah, 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 and how he can develop and win with anyone. The smart, rational person would start Jameis Winston. And even though I'm crazy, I, I want to use my rational side, and I would start Jameis Winston. But your thoughts, break down the situation for us. Who would you start? Why? What do you think? Let me hear it. I think if we were watching Monday's game, I mean, Jameis Winston, because, you know, as much as like I've watched Saints, obviously for a very long time, I know the type of place they, they run. First of all, to see a ball go 50 yards in the air was like, yes. I was like, Oh my God. And it was a completed pass too. So that was with Jameis 
really, really nice. And Hill, he's got an arm, but Jameis is easily better. And that extra vertical down the field, you haven't seen in a few years with Breeze. And it, it, it just adds a different dimension here. And I, I think Winston's arm and the way he plays quarterback, it's better than Hill. No doubt in my mind. You look at Hill, though, his running ability, everyone's going to say he's so great. And like, that's kind of where he maybe is better than Winston and where, you know, you could at least make an argument, but he hasn't run the ball in any preseason game. Now, I don't know why this is maybe it's to keep him not injured or something like that, but like he hasn't run the ball at all. So like my concern is that he can't really scramble that much. Maybe he wants to like show he's this great, you know, passer, but he's still slow. Like last year, he would always take an extra tick to try to see the ball down, to try to see routes down the field. That really hurt him. You saw it in the preseason games. He holds on the ball forever. And it's just like, you know, and you look at Winston, he's getting the ball out quick, running the offense well. He's got to be the guy. And right now, I mean, as much as Sean Payton, I agree, he's definitely an arrogant guy. He definitely wants to be right with this Winston, with this uh, Hill thing. I think he loves Jameis Winston, too. I think the team loves Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that right now the Saints team, the Saints – offense when you look at you know Winston I think it's a better fit to have Winston when we saw Hill in Kamara wasn't even as good with with uh with Hill because he couldn't get him on those passes Hill was running the ball instead of Kamara which you know you don't as much as I like Hill running the ball it's not as good as Kamara and to me I think Winston will maybe be like more like a breeze to get the ball out um and run the offense and again I, I think Winston there'll never be another Drew Brees I don't think Winston's going to be Drew Brees I think he's the better quarterback though, but like some Saints fans think he's going to like throw for like 5,000 yards and like 40 touchdowns. I'm like, can we just slow it down? Like, honestly, I'll just take not a lot of interceptions. And if he can get the ball to Kamara, eventually get the ball to Thomas and Marquez Callaway. If, if you know, I, I think he's going to be a, one of those guys for the Saints that just comes out of nowhere. Supposedly he looks really, really good. And uh, maybe like a Mark, uh, Marcus Colson type guy. So that's kind of what, you know, at least with it, when I'm thinking with the Saints, I think Winston's a starter. And if he's not, I mean, you got to start thinking like, what is Sean Payton seeing? Because, you know, you watch the, the this game, you watch the other game, Winston's clearly the better quarterback. Yeah, I, I think the, the the one thing about Winston that's so refreshing is the for a Saints, you know, for a Saints fan, I'm sure, and just for anyone watching the Saints, is the arm strength. I mean, Drew Brees obviously always had a great arm. And then obviously as his crew went on, you know, it was – Obviously, he was losing it, and you know, by the end, he just really couldn't push the ball down the field. So to see, I mean, two bomb touchdowns in that preseason game was probably super refreshing for you. I know it was super refreshing for me, just as a football fan, to see that kind of movement on the Saints' offense down the field. Um, so you know, but the thing with Jameis is, you know, the turnovers. I, now, not like Taysom Hill, it never turns the ball over. Of course, he does. But you know, Jameis is the guy that had a 30-30 season, thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions. Yeah. So, you know, maybe hopefully Jameis learned from that time on the Saints bench. You know, he talks about that quote that, you know, Drew told him, you don't always have to be Batman, be Bruce Wayne, whatever that means. Who knows? <laughs> um, wouldn't it be like, you don't always have to be Batman, be Robin or something. I, I don't really understand what yeah, that quote was, know. but <laughs> the, the, the point is maybe he learned from that. I think even with the, the big turnover issues that James has had through his career, he's still the better choice. Oh, and like you said, hopefully he will be the choice. I think it's the better thing for the saints, but Andrew, as we wrap up our show here, we wrap, we wrap up our last segment here with the saints QB competition. Give me the final word on the saints QB competition. Your final thoughts. What do you think? Yeah. So the one thing I will say, let's say Winston gets in, I think the turnovers will go way down. I, I, cause Sean Payton is being a saints fan. He 
hates turnovers. Like he, I remember like one of like the, the things weren't very good, but Mark Ingram, he had two fumbles in the game and he was clearly the better running back. I think it was like Tim Hightower was the second running back and he pulled him from the game in like the first quarter, didn't start him that whole game. And then didn't start him the next week as well, just because he had two fumbles. Sean Payton hates turnovers, hates interceptions. Winston, I think on this team as well, he's going to get the ball out quicker, going to run Sean Payton's offense. And it won't be like Drew Brees prime where he's throwing for 5,000 yards and breaking all sorts of records, but I think it will be serviceable. I think the team is going to be solid. I don't think they're going to be like maybe as good as they were last year, or the year before they lost some pieces, but I think Winston is going to keep this team afloat. We'll see. Maybe Michael Thomas comes back. They get better. Maybe they make the playoffs. I think they'll be right into it. And to the end, I really do. I mean, Will they be as good as last year or the year before? I don't know. Just I don't think the defense is as good. They got holes. But I think Winston's the guy. Hill, I, I think at this point, if it's such a roller coaster with him. One play, he runs for 50 yards. It looks amazing. The next time, he's holding the ball way too long and gets sacked and strip sacked. Like, that's just the way he is. And, I mean, when you look at Winston, he just looks like the more comfortable quarterback and for Hill, I mean, for him, he's kind of like, oh, this was kind of probably my last shot. I don't think anyone besides Sean Payton would take a chance on him. Uh, so, again, I, also, the, right now the Saints have, like, no tight end. So, the Saints probably will need Taysom Hill to play tight end. So, that is also another positive to have Winston in there. But I, I think I think Winston will run the Sean Payton offense well, and he won't get near, you know, 30 picks. I think he may not even hit 15, to be honest. I think he may be less touchdowns, though. He'll be at, like, 20 to 25, but – Get the ball to Kamara, get the ball to your playmakers, and that's where the Saints are going to succeed, not with Jameis with his eyes closed throwing the ball 50 yards down the field. And also the LASIK surgery. I mean, maybe it's the, maybe it's the difference. Talk about the, the LASIK yeah. surgery, the, uh, the strange workout routines. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe those works. Maybe yeah. it is. I mean, we'll have to see. Yeah, well, I think that's I think that that's a perfect final word from our resident Saints fan here at hmm. FUV. Saint fans out there, follow Andrew on Twitter, you know, all, for all your Saints thoughts <laughs> yeah. and updates, but – Perfect way to end the show, I think. Definitely always like to end it with some passion, so great to hear that. And hopefully, look, hopefully for you and hopefully for the NFL, I think the league's better when the Saints are good, and I think Jameis Winston is the guy to, uh, you know, help the Saints continue in this post-Drew Brees era. But that's going to do it for us today on NFL Friday. Thank you all for joining us. You can listen to the show every week on iTunes at WFUVsports.org or wherever you get your podcast. For Andrew Galata, I'm Michael Legan. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.